Welcome to the Ministry Marks Podcast. My name is Thomas Majors, and I'm joined by David Haynes. David, for our topic today, we're going to talk about something that I think both of us have probably done. That's right. Uh, You're a pastor at Trinity. I was a pastor. I actually teach pastoral ministry now uh, for the seminary. And so this is one of the topics we talk about. We're going to talk about premarital counseling. Wow. Thomas, you think about getting married again, buddy? I am. <laughs> Don't tell Amanda. <laughs> we'll see if she listens to this podcast or not. <laughs> she doesn't at all. I can tell you that. She always says that she has to listen to me enough during the week. Amen to that. Yeah. <laughs> now, do you ever go back and listen to your podcast? I do. I go back and listen to them just for, I don't know if it's for fun or for vanity, but I go back and listen to them. How about you? <laughs> well, the only time I actually uh, listen to them is when I'm, I uh, edit. And yeah. so I don't, I haven't really actually been editing these since we've started back, but I do put on my headphones and I put it through the program that I use and I listen to it then. So I don't actually listen to it on, on like iTunes. I probably should just yeah. so we get our, our listens, That's up, right. our numbers yeah. up w- when it comes yeah. to listens. But and I listen I on Spotify and my wife the other day told me she she actually listened to part of one podcast and she listened to it wow. through the through the website through the Facebook thing and she noticed that our Facebook, our Ministry Marks Facebook page, it showed how much the increased viewership or listenership was the other day. It was up by one thousand and something percent. And she said, You can tell that you guys are starting to be consistent again because our, our listenership has gone up. Yeah. So how about that? Isn't that amazing? It's always interesting when somebody says they listen to us. Yes, I know. It is. like We got a test message last week from our dear friend, Pastor Andrew Chestine, pastor of First Baptist New Albany. He just texted us out of the blue and mentioned something about one of our podcasts. It is weird. It is weird. We know that somebody might be listening to us. And and we hope that pastors listen to it, and we hope that church members do as well. Yeah. Because yeah. some of the things that we talk about are very helpful for church members. Like, how can you take care of your pastor while he is in seminary? That's right. That's Trust right. me, your pastor wants you to listen to that one, okay? <laughs> you are right about that, buddy. And then some of the things we talk about are going to be helpful for pastors Yeah, or for people who are just starting out in ministry who are yeah. wanting to develop their own ideas when it comes to pastoral ministry. So our topic today is premarital counseling, yeah. not necessarily marital counseling in right. the sense that they're married, there's some kind of issues. That's a different ball game completely, but but this is premarital counseling. Yeah. So Thomas, did did you and Amanda, the Mrs. Majors, did you and Amanda experience any premarital counseling? We didn't. Okay. So oh, tell us about it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh you know a little bit of my history. Oh, I do. And I think our viewers or our listeners are about to find out some. (laughs) (laughs) So Amanda and I, we dated for five years before we got married. We actually started dating. I quit high school in 10th grade. And so that was about the year that Amanda and I started dating. Our first date was uh, October 31st, the year of our Lord, 1900. 98. Really? On Halloween. What did you dress up as, man? Spider-Man? A, Batman? A drug addict uh, oh. high school student. Oh, that was your normal clothes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't take long to find this. <laughs> so that was our first date. And 
we we dated for for almost five. I think it was about five years. It may not have been five years exactly. And then we got married. So it wasn't five years. We got married in uh, 2002. Okay. Uh, and we, we eloped. Okay. Yeah. We decided we had, I'd kind of proposed marriage. I proposed marriage uh, about two or three years before, you uh, know, and we had just never gotten married. And she was in school at ICC at the time. And we just kind of thought about it. We were like, hey, let's just get married. And so we went and we rented an apartment and uh, we rented it on, on uh, like a, the week before mm-hmm. that next uh, or maybe a day or two before. And then that Friday, we drove to Alabama. Ooh. And what part of Alabama? What city? I don't remember. remember. Was it Tuscumbia or Florence or Coleman or Birmingham or? I have no idea. Have no, just somewhere in Alabama. <laughs> somewhere okay. in Alabama. It's a big state. Yeah. Uh, so we went to uh, Alabama and we got married by the Justice of Peace. I see. And we came back home and we told our parents. Ah. My parents were like, yeah, we saw that coming. Okay. Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have total whooping, did you? <laughs> Amanda, Amanda's, Amanda's parents, Amanda's uh <laughs> Amanda's mom, the first thing she said was, Oh no. Amanda, are you pregnant? <laughs> she thought she thought we got married because of necessity, you know, because uh-huh. yeah, yeah. and that's not that was not the case. We just had been thinking about it, had went and bought some rings, and yeah. we just decided to get married and decided to make a life out of it. Yeah. I and gotcha. uh and so we've been so, happily so the JP- married. Oh, how long have you been happily married at this Happily this married for 18 years, and it will be yeah. 19 years this November. Congratulations, yeah, Thomas. Thank you. Yay. All right. So the JP didn't do much premarital counseling, right? Did not at all. Uh, was he a he or was she a she? It was a he. Okay. It was a, a he. Because if you was married by a woman, would that marriage even be standing up in the eyes of God? What do you think, Thomas? <laughs> Well, that's a good question, but uh, we'll, we'll uh, talk about that some other time. Not let, this let, one. let me tell you something funny. I tell you something funny. Our, our sweet secretary, Miss Betty Coleman, she served here at Trinity Baptist for a hundred years. Her dad was pastor here whenever she was fifteen, I mean eighteen, and he was pastor for about thirteen or fourteen years. And then she was my secretary the entire time I was here. She passed away a little over a year ago, but she tells a hilarious story. Way back when, she was she and her husband, Mister Billy, uh, they were faithful BSU. Uh, Faithful to the BSU at IJC, Itawamba Junior College. Yes. And they asked the BSU president to marry them before he went off to, <clears throat> to the military. So the BSU president married them. About six or eight years later, they've been married for several years. They have at least two children by this time. Uh, they get a letter in the mail from the BSU president at the time who married them saying, I want you to know that I have just been saved. I have just come to faith in the Lord. And I'm writing to tell you that in the eyes of God, I don't think your marriage stands. <laughs> <laughs> she says she looked over at Mr. Billy. He was already starting to get up to pack his bag. She said, no way. You ain't getting out this easy, Jack. So, <laughs> oh. 
Oh, man. So, all right. So, April and I, you know, you know our history. April and I met in the first grade. It was, We were in the same first grade classroom on Valentine's Day, 1987. Uh, there were equal number of boys and girls. Dr. Linda Brooks, she was just Miss Brooks at the time, uh, asked the boys to get on one side of the room, the girls to get on the other side of the room. And she came over to us boys and said, go ask a little girl to be your Valentine for the day. I walked over to a dark-haired child, a little girl named April, and asked her to be my Valentine. Just so happened, she said yes. And later on, our little sisters would become best friends. April and I started dating in the 10th grade. We got engaged in the 11th grade. And shortly after we graduated uh, high school, we got married. We graduated in May of 98. We were married July 31st, 1998. And I'm going to tell you the extent of the premarital counseling that we received from the pastor who married us. We asked him, do you do any premarital counseling? He said, yeah. And we said, well, when can you get together with him? He said, well, we're right here. We were standing in the hallway after he just <laughs> pre preached a sermon. And he looked at me and he said, do you love her? And I said, yeah. He looked at April and said, do you love him? She said, yeah. He said, there you go. Oh, that's enough. And y'all are y'all are y'all are y'all been counsel enough. Oh, oh, it's horrible. But that's exactly what he did. Do you love him? Do you love her? So and then basically thrown into the lion's den. That's it. Into the lion's den, man. So right. So I I didn't have much premarital counseling, but I did have more than than you. It Definitely like. more than me. So let me ask you this. Okay. Does a couple have to have premarital counseling? No. No, no, I don't. I don't think that. I mean, Amanda and I, we're doing pretty okay. Yeah, <laughs> dude, me and April are doing the best we've ever done. I'll let you clean that up. You can edit out what you just said about you and Amanda. Oh man! So but honestly, right, uh, right. I mean, honestly, I mean, Amanda's are and I, tough. There through the years, there are issues, there are difficulties, but yeah, you guys are doing good. Yeah, but. It is better to have premarital counseling because I think it, it gives you an opportunity to to understand some things going into the marriage and some some tools to be used yeah. through the marriage. Yes. I Would you agree, agree with that? I fully agree with that. Yes, right. you're spot on. All right. So, Thomas, if you're going to be doing a premarital counseling session with a couple you're looking to marry, uh, how many sessions are you going to do? I I only require three sessions. Wow, that's amazing. How many sessions do you require? One. One. With a possibility of a second. Okay. So I, I send them home with work to do, and then we talk again within a couple of weeks, but it's not formal. If there's a need, then we do the full we'll do we'll do a formal second premarital session. So. Yeah, so so I do three. Uh the third one is just really to clean up anything that needs to be cleaned up to, I have some things I definitely want to talk about in the first and second. And the third one is mainly just to, to cover some areas that I may not have covered with one and two, but I require for them, for a couple that I'm going to marry, I require them to commit to three sessions. Nice. So if they will not commit to three, then I will not do the, all right. The wedding. What about you? Do you make them commit? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. I will not say I'm going to do a wedding until after we've done all of our counseling. I, I, okay. I, I will not commit. I will. I get the quit here in a little bit. I'm going to, I'm going to say I have personal convictions that I must 
have answered before I'll ever say, yes, I'll do your wedding or no, I won't. And, and then after those are met, and then we get into, do you need to marry each other? And then that's between them and them and the Lord. And we'll talk for those kind of things. So yeah, let's just kind of walk through that, Thomas, with your, your three sessions, my one to two sessions. What do you discuss? What's the first thing you want to discuss with a person? The first thing that I discuss with them is their relationship with the Lord. Yep. And so I, I I am a, I am a pastor. I am a minister. I, well, technically I'm not a pastor. I'm an interim pastor right now, but, but I, I am a minister of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I am going to perform a Christian marriage ceremony. That's the only kind I'm going to do. Yep. Christian marriage ceremony ceremony and so under that that idea both of them must be christians okay that's what i was going to ask you <laughs> and Do, so must they be what if somebody were to come to you and say we are not christians however we value the christian heritage we value the foundation of of, of american marriage to a certain extent we value that idea theoretically would you marry someone who was not Christians, but valued Christian marriage? I would not. And the reason I would say that is because I am performing a Christian marriage ceremony. And I don't know how you do your vows, but but I I started doing this uh, sometime back when I make them put the rings on their fingers. Mm -hmm. uh, I make them say, you know, with this ring, I thee wed in the name of the Father, uh-huh. the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so even in making the vows to the other person, there's a sense that they are they are making those vows between God and that person. And so just fundamentally, I, I don't think I fully a agree. person who is a non-Christian can make those vows. I fully agree. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, people often talk about unequally yoked. I would never marry someone who is lost and wanting to marry a saved person. I've never heard somebody say they wouldn't marry two lost people, but I, I fully agree with you. Wouldn't marry two lost people or or an unequally yoked Christian, non-Christian. I wouldn't do that either. Yeah, yeah. In our world today, there's plenty of places that a person can go and to get that type of marriage ceremony that is going to be uh, a traditional, in in the traditional sense, yeah, but I am a minister, and I want to. Uh, yeah, I, I I am performing a Christian marriage yeah. ceremony. I fully agree. So the first thing I want to talk to them about is their salvation. Tell me about when you were saved. For some, that is a, that is a, I want to hear the testimony. For some, it is a, is a is a, a lengthy story. For others, it is a it is a short story. But I want to hear it. So you want me to tell you what I do? Yeah, please tell me. <laughs> it's some well. If they, if they ever listen to it, uh, this podcast, then they'll be on to my little secret here. Ah, but yeah. typically what I do is I ask the man to tell the wife's <clears throat> testimony or the, the man tell the woman's testimony and the woman tell the man's testimony. Yeah. Because that tells me automatically if they've discussed Christian things ah. and they know about the other person's salvation. That's pretty sure. Because you, I'm sure you know April's. Oh, yeah. I absolutely I do. Yeah. Yeah, and she knows mine. And she yeah. knows, and, and Amanda knows mine, and yeah. I know Amanda's. Yeah. And so if a couple comes into my office and says, hey, we want to get 
we want to get married. Yeah. Say, yeah. well, okay, you know, and start this process and say, well, tell me about there. Yeah. He is conversion experience. Yep. Well, yeah. uh, I, um, <laughs> well, um, we got we, problems. I know he <laughs> saved, uh, because he told me, so y'all have never talked about it. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. And so if they've not talked about it, then I say, well, okay, well, let's, let's hear it. Let's, let's hear your conversion story. Yeah. And, but it's always better if they can tell each other's, that means they've talked about at least spiritual things before they know that the other person is saved. Yeah. They know that when they met Christ, how they experienced and met Christ. I think yeah. that that says something about the relationship. And if they don't know that, that says something about the relationship as well. Yeah. And then through that process, if they don't know their own conversion story. Yeah. Oh, well, you don't know it because you need to be saved. Yeah. You know, yourself. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> Man, that is right. I think you're right about it. So Thomas, what? All right. So when do you give the couple the green light that you're good to go with with marrying them? Is it is it after salvation, knowing that both of them are saved, hearing their testimonies, or it, or is there another step or two before you give them the green light? So it's going to be around session three. Okay. Usually at the end of session three, I kind of have some ideas about the ceremony and I'll talk to them then about the ceremony. So gotcha. by session three at the end, I know if I'm going to do that or not yeah. or willing to do so. And I will talk about the ceremony and ask them, you know, about vows and things such as that. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. So now let's back up a little bit. What are you asking? What's the next question that you're asking after salvation or what do you want to discuss with them after their salvation? Stories? Well, actually, I don't necessarily ask a question after that. Uh -huh. We will begin to g almost do like a biblical theology of, of marriage uh -huh. from uh, beginning in Genesis. Yeah. So we'll yeah. start in Genesis, Adam and Eve, how their relationship sets up the perfect, the or the model relationship, the model family structure. Yeah. And yeah. we begin to move from there and talk about issues that relate to marriage. What about you? Okay. So after I hear that they are both saved, my next question is, do you have any living spouses? That is, that is my question number two. And uh, so that helps me know if I can do the ceremony or if I cannot, I have a conviction that, uh, and it's, you know, I'm a servant of the Lord and, uh, and I would rather get to heaven and the Lord say, well, you could have married people who had been divorced. Um, and, you know, you could have, I'd rather, I'd rather him, me get to heaven, him say that, then me get to heaven and have married people who were divorced and him say, yeah, yeah, you were wrong on that one. You know, you, you were really wrong on that one. And so my next question is, do you have any living spouses? And, uh, and if the answer is yes, um, then I'm, I'm not the guy. I'm not mm -hmm. the guy. There'll be another, there'll be another minister on staff here, or there'll be another person here in our church that can, there'll be someone else, but it's not me. Uh, my third question is, are you currently living together? Uh, is there active sin when we talk about sexual immorality? Is that actively part of your life? If so, that is not a, uh, a dead no for me. Then it is counseling to get these people in a right relationship with God. We will establish some times. We will establish some things to do, and we will set they, if, if I'm going to be the guy who's going to marry them, then there's, there's not going to be the active 
sin, sexual sin that is in their life when we go before the Lord. So those, so that's what I do. We talk about salvation. We talk about prior marriages. We talk about, we talk about living in sin is what we want to talk about. I just want to see where they are. I want to see where the heart is. So now Thomas, do you venture in that area? Or? No, we, we, we do talk about uh, issues of marriage and divorce. Uh-huh. And we talk about issues of sin I've at, I ask if they're living together. I've never had anyone tell me that they were. That's right. I, I have. I have. You have? Yeah, I have. The first marriage I was going to do, I ended up not doing it. They came and sat down with me. I was a youth guy. And they came and sat down. Are you living with each other? We are. I said, okay, this is what I ask, that you separate uh, for something like six weeks. And uh, we're going to put the wedding out there six weeks out. And uh, they said, okay, we'll do it. Uh, we're, I'm, I'll, she said, I'm going back to my home mama's tonight. I said, okay. And uh, next week they called and said, hey, we, we, uh, we, uh, we, she went back to her mama's that night and uh, we've split up. The wedding's off. And we just decided we're not meant for each other. They were only after one thing. And uh, whenever <laughs> that one thing was not an issue, they just saw that they didn't like each other and uh, they did not get married. And uh, oh, so, wow. yeah. So, yeah. So they split up and split up is what they did. I have no idea what happened to him. She worked at a nursing home that I went to weekly and preached. She was uh, she was in the she was in the food service of that nursing home, and uh, had a chance to share the gospel. Both of them, both of them said they were saved, wasn't living like it, and uh, but you know the Lord used that to work. So you never you don't know what happened to I have either. No clue. I have not seen them in 17, 18 years now. I have That's no an idea. interesting story. Yeah, it is interesting. I hope <laughs> to meet them in heaven one of these days. They say, man, you pointed Thank us you. in the right direction. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I hope. So. <laughs> man, so that could have been one. bad. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Just shaking your hand. Yeah, that's it. Thank, Thank you, you so much. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so that's so just a little bit of that. So now, so then after we talked about salvation, prior marriages, living together, if I've got three green lights, boom, 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 everything's looking good. Then I say, I would love to do your wedding ceremony but I don't know that you're supposed to marry each other. Now let's talk about that. So now, now I, I'm on board. I'm on board. But let's see if you guys really ought to get married. And then that's when we start talking. There, are, there are five things I want to talk about uh, once we get down to the nitty gritty. If they need to get married, all right. So now, do you want to discuss anything before we get into what I want to talk about? About do they need to marry each other, or is there anything preliminary, or are we up to that point in your counseling as well, premarital counseling? Yeah, I mean we're fine. Let's talk about whatever you want to talk about. Yay. Well, thank you, Thomas, for joining me on my podcast. Yay. (laughs) All right. So the number one thing I ask, do you have any addictions? Do you have any addictions? We talk about pornography. We talk about alcohol. We talk about drugs. We talk about any life-altering addiction. Uh, They need to know that out of each other. Now, there was a former staff member right here at Trinity Baptist, loved him to death. He retired, moved off to East Tennessee. If he asked if they are teetotalers, if they were not teetotalers on alcohol, he would not marry them. I do not ask that specifically, but I want to know about addictions. What I've heard, you know, Thomas, I got this friend. I got this friend. He's now a professor. He was a pastor, but he had a life controlling addiction. And I've heard him say it made family life rough. And you, I don't know who that is, but I will attest to it. And <laughs> I've so, lived through some of that. And I, I hope I get to meet this guy. It is you. Oh. You're the man. And so I will say, I have a Thou friend. Thou art the man. Thou art the man. I will say, I have a friend who had a life controlling addiction and it 
almost wrecked his world. And I will ask them, now they can lie to me, but then that's between them and the Lord. But I will say, are there any life altering addictions that you guys need to talk about? And to date, I've not had anybody who said, yes, to date, knock on wood, I did my first wedding uh, 16 years ago. Every person I've ever married is still married. And I'm so thankful that we tied that knot tight and I, no divorces yet. Yeah. <laughs> if I change tomorrow, <laughs> but no divorces yet. But we want to talk about addictions. Now, yeah. where do you where do you start to go in talking about if they are compatible with each other? So, so what I do is in the first session, um, basically are both Christians, have the people share their testimonies. I have them talk about their parents' marriages. Um, That's good. Ask them about, uh, we talk, we go through that biblical theology of marriage. And then in the second session is when I really start talking about responsibilities when it comes to, uh, to the marriage relationship and how they interact with one another. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if I've ever really asked about addictions, mm -hmm. but, um, uh, I, I've never asked that. I never have, but but we do talk about issues when it comes to, um, like sexual type issues. That's going to be part of the second session. Uh, financial issues are yeah. going to be part of the second session, and even emotional issues are going to be part of the second session. And that's kind of the way I break that down. Yeah. That second session, we talk about spiritual spiritual responsibilities emotional responsibilities, physical responsibilities. Gotcha. And, um, and so through those, those times, that division of that second session, we cover a lot of those things. I don't know if I just come out and ask, but through the discussion. I got you. I got you. All right. And so then I cover the top four reasons for divorce in America. And I'm sure this is dated by now, but it is probably still the top four reasons. I learned this years ago. When I used to listen to Dave Ramsey on the on the radio. He would talk about the top four reasons for divorce in America. Number one, finance. Number number one, finance. Money is fights, it? money yep. problems. Yep. That's it. And so we want to talk about finances. Um, I, I want to make sure they know where money comes from. Money comes from work. And uh, and you've got to work to, to be able to, to afford whatever you're going to have. And I always ask this, I say to the bride, you need to make sure who you're marrying is not a prince. Make sure that he's not walked around with his money out, say hand out saying money, please. And mommy and daddy have treated him like a little prince his entire existence. And he's never heard the word no. And then I say to the groom, you need to make sure you're not marrying a princess. She may be daddy's little girl. And I'm sure her daddy loves her as much as any daddy's ever loved any little girl. But if she's a princess, you're going to have a hard life ahead of you. Make sure she is not a princess and make sure she's just not gotten everything she's ever always wanted. And you're going to be her, you know, you're going to be her yeah. daddy number two. So in your discussion about financial issues, do you talk to them about, um, how do you talk to them about those financial responsibilities as a couple? You know, I know some, I know some people who basically say, uh, it, you know, the money comes in and it's, it's family, you know, it all, whatever is made. But then I know some couples who basically say, I make a certain amount of money. They make a certain amount of money. They have their checking account. I have my checking account. I take care of the cell phone bill. They take care of the, and it's, yeah, it's divided. so divided financially yeah. Yeah. that I just don't think that's healthy. It is not. I think uh, 
I think what is the most healthy is that there's a single checking account, single savings account, and everything is just dumped. If the man makes more than the wife, so be it. So be it. If the woman makes more than the man, so be it. So be it. I agree. I if agree. the kid makes more than the parent, yeah, I <laughs> gonna say but that. Yes, but I I totally agree. And I you I, and I used to say I used to say exactly what you're saying until April got into real estate, and we needed a separate business account for her. So we our family has two checking accounts. It is for it is for the flow of a business account. So we I used to say exactly what you're saying, and now I now I say there can be more than one account, but just make sure you are together. We want you on the same page. Right. We want you on the same page financially. It's not about you making more than she or she making more than you. It's not about that. And then well, I'm giving her an allowance when she's a stay at home mom. And no, 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 no. You're in, you're, you're, we're in this game of life and I want you to win. That's what I always tell them. We're playing this game of life and I want you to win. So that's what I, that's what I say. I totally agree. Together is how you need to be. So we want to talk about finance. That's one of the top reasons for divorce in America. Uh, the second one I want to talk about is religion. Now we have already talked about salvation. I want us to talk about religion. I want us to talk about where you're going to go to church. I will ask them, will you go to church together? And it goes back to a very, very practical thing in previous churches, not here. This is the first church I've ever served where we don't have split families. The previous two churches I served as pastors, there was either a husband who came to my church and his wife went somewhere else, or a wife who came to my church and the husband went somewhere else. Both were very faithful, very, very faithful, but they were separate. And I want them to tell me they're going to go to church together. They might lie to me, but they're going to be telling me they're going to be involved in a church together. So do y'all talk about religion? I want us to talk about religion. Do y'all do you discuss that? We we do discuss where they're going to go to church uh-huh. and uh, if they are going to two separate churches, I always recommend that they they find one church. If it can't be mom and daddy's church yeah. <laughs> on the on the husband side or mom and daddy's church on the wife's side, yeah. then then find you a church that you can go to yeah. together. And it's about this this idea of being, you know, it's it's kind of revolutionary. Yeah, yeah. like one flesh, two become really? one. And it even goes Where do you into hear this. I don't know. It's yeah. I'm it's groundbreaking. Yeah. Okay. So that is true for finances. Oh, right. Wow. Yeah. And and it's kind of true for uh like worship. Yeah. Going to the same church. So yeah. you can take two people and then they become united. Yeah. Even One in the body. place. This is amazing. Go. I've never heard of anything like this outside of <laughs> scriptures. <so. laughs> oh, it's crazy. I fully agree. I fully agree. All right. The next thing we want to talk about, number of kids. Number of kids is a top reason for divorce in America. He wants zero. She wants 10. He wants 10. She wants zero. Oh, that's a problem. Big time. And I can go back. There's somebody I'm, I'm not going to name, but there's somebody that name I know. Name them. No, no. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> there's somebody that I know whenever he and his wife got married, I didn't perform the wedding ceremony, wasn't even a preacher then. My wife and I knew them, and he wanted a football team, man. He wanted 22. <laughs> he wanted offense and defense. And she said, maybe one. And I thought, it's going to be an issue. They had two together. He has now fathered multiple children outside of marriage. 
his marriage to her. Their marriage is dissolved. Oh, wow. Uh, but I saw it coming. I saw it coming. He wanted a boatload of kids and he's got them. He's got them. Just not with her. And, um, and I, and I, and I tell people more details about that situation whenever we're in a marital counseling session. And I say, if you, if you're, if, if you're not together, you don't need to be married. I would agree that the number of kids and even the way you, uh, discipline those kids is, uh, is crucial because that, that number, that can be an issue. If you want a lot, she doesn't want a lot. Also, it could be an issue. Okay. Do you, if child does something wrong, daddy takes off his belt and spanks yeah. and mama's like, call 911. You're not going to be spanking my baby. You're going to jail for this, you know? Uh, so that's going to be an issue. Yeah. So the way you discuss, uh, they need to, nothing is when it comes to the number of children and how you discipline, that's not necessarily something that can cut off a marriage, Yeah, but it's something that needs to really be worked that's out right. and talked about before yeah. They go into this covenant relationship together. Yep. And then the last thing we discuss is in-laws. I say most likely your your relationship is going to change after you say, I do and walk down the aisle. Do you love his parents? Do you love her parents? Because you're going to be a part of their family. That's good. Forward. Yeah. In-laws, they're, they are uh, always going to be a, a part of your spouse's life. And so that means they're going to be a part of your life as well. There's issues, underlying issues at the beginning of the marriage. They're only going to develop further into greater issues through the marriage and as it progresses. David, I don't, I don't really think we discussed everything that we probably could have discussed. <laughs> <laughs> but we had a good time discussing it. Well, we had a good time and we're definitely out of time because we want to keep these to a certain amount of time. So we just want to thank you all for listening to the Ministry Marks podcast today. Maybe we'll pick up on this subject again at another time, talk about some marriage ceremonies, how we perform those. But for now, we are signing off, and we hope you will join us again next week for the Ministry Marks podcast.